best bets uh it has been uh at least two weeks since we joined you and uh with last couple shows we were previewing the uh fort wayne golf association city championship uh the uh the 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 two guys joining me tonight played in that as well as i did so we'll talk about that tonight and what uh, our impressions were how our weeks went there uh we got a lot to talk about in the pga tour uh will zellisworth finally wins validating johnny and i's pretty much uh, proclamations every podcast for the last year. Um, We might have some PGA Tour live discussion. And finally, we'll preview the second uh, FedEx Cup event uh, this week, the BMW Championship. Um, All right. So joining me, um, as I mentioned, Johnny Strouser is here. Johnny, what are they going to say about me now? (laughs) (laughs) That was that was an all timer line right there. Um, Not. You know, it, it did make sense, but uh, I, I, that might be one of those lines I might use at home. Just, you know, might, you know, load the dishwasher, you know, might, uh, you know, clean the toilet or something like that and just scream that out and everything. And, but uh, yeah, that was pretty fun to watch that. Uh, finally see him get that win and, uh, you know, make those putts. And, and uh, that, that line was as good as could be. He, he had to have that somewhere ready to just pop off, right? You just don't come out with that organically. He had to think about that. Like He had to think about it. He says he can't believe that he said it, but he had been thinking that at some point, you know, walking down the fairway, maybe, at, you know, walking up to the green, you know, things like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was just, that was a good, that was a good one there. That was a good line. And, uh, you know, definitely a statement making victory there for his first win. It felt very uh, like Justin Thomas. Like that to feel like something like he would say in like a president's cup or something. Yeah. Uh, Zach Lear's here. Uh, I, I've heard rumor that Zach has created a live golf account on Twitter. He's the latest to try to get paid from live. Welcome Zach. Hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah, we're, we're struggling a little bit to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to, to find that live financing, but we're, you know, always hopeful. I think it's out there. I mean, yeah, that's the, the they they have the funding to pay you for for a Twitter account. I've seen a bunch of these the last couple of weeks. These live trackers and live golf accounts. They were they were out in full force yesterday when the Cam Smith ruling uh, came down. That's for sure. Uh, full, yeah. That that was we'll we'll talk about that for sure. Um, so we'll get to the PJ Tour in a second. Let's talk about the City Championship. Uh, uh, I guess now it's, it may be a little bit of old news. I feel like we had to take a week to debrief and just kind of like breathe a little bit because um, I, I know it was, it was a long weekend. It was hot. Um, I know Johnny had bouts of dehydration Friday. I had bouts of dehydration, I think on Saturday. Um, it was, it was so insanely hot the first two days. The third day was a little bit of relief, but um, a lot to talk about with the golf course. Um, and uh, Johnny Filler wins. Um, this guy I'm not really familiar with too much. I know he played at Dwanger, uh, goes to Cleveland State. Um, I don't think he's played in a lot of Fort Wayne Golf Association events um, from what I've, I looked at, you know, past couple of years. Uh, but uh, he kind of came in, in there the last day. And I, I guess we'll start with you, Johnny. I know you're disappointed with how uh, Sunday went for sure. Um, but uh, just kind of tell us about how your week went there, going from, you know, the kind of the 
exciting start the first day to what happened the final day? Yeah, I think it, you know, it was definitely a, a, a tale of two different, you know, different emotions there. You know, I was the overnight leader after the first day, um, you know, despite not, pl- not feeling well, played really just kind of out of my mind because I remember the last couple holes not being able to think straight. So I think I literally played out of my mind there, playing a couple under par in the last last few holes there. But yeah, um, you know, it, it started out great. It it was it was still okay after the 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 final or the second round there, and then I got paired in the final group. Um, you know that that Sunday there, and and just just didn't have it. It was just one of those days, you know. You, you get you get great days, you get good days, and you get bad days. And I had one of each, um, you know, for all three rounds. Really thought I was going to win. I actually woke up that morning, and we were out to breakfast. Felt really good about all I had to do is I felt I just had to shoot something around 70. I knew the tees weren't going to be overly tough. You know, the greens were going to get a little little quicker than what they were. They weren't quick to begin with. Um the wind was, you know, I, I was real comfortable with the direction of the wind felt, I felt this was my, you know, mine. I mean, there was, there wasn't that huge presence at the top there. And, uh, you know, I felt that the, the guys, you know, around me and ahead of me and slightly behind me, um, you know, were, weren't at my comfort level on that golf course. And, you know, I got out there and <clears throat> the very first hole I hit, uh, I hit hybrid off the tee to about 135 yards, just into the right rough. You know, it was a real good angle coming in. Um, had what ended up being kind of a flyer lie. And for me, I don't know how you guys felt with how the ball was traveling. The ball was flying like crazy for me. I was a full club. I think a full club difference on how far I was hitting the ball because of the humidity. And the very first hole, I had pitching wedge going in, and I flew it. I meant to fly it about seven or eight yards short of the green, flew it two yards short or short of the pin. I'm sorry, flew it two yards short and it bounced over the green and into like a trampled area on this downhill lie. And it was, it was maybe a foot and a half over the green, but it was kind of when that, that thicker where the, where the green, the grass kind of grows, where it gets a little bit of the, the sprinkler water, but it was trampled down from people just walking, you know, behind the green there. So had this really, really tough chip and, and in, you know, in just devastating fashion, flub it to the fringe and leave myself, you know, 30, 35 feet for par miss that putt. And then I'm, and then the, I remember the tap in was only, was like three feet and I didn't feel totally comfortable over it. And this point we had 10, 15 golf carts. We had a couple others that were watching and I was like, that just didn't feel like, like a great tap in putt there. That was just not like easy. You know, you want those first ones to be, you know, those first gimmies to be just automatic buckets. And it wasn't. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll see here. And then as it got through the round there, I was very, very distracted um, by the first few holes at Autumn Ridge are real tight with uh, they go from inside, you know, in and through the neighborhood. So you've only got like Mm -hmm. a cart path width and all these gas carts were, were trying to zip in and buy and they were waiting and they were, it just was a real uncomfortable feeling that I had experienced in, in the longest time. And I'm trying to think, I think this was my first final pairing in city championship. I finished top five before, but, uh, it was just, it was extremely awkward. And, and I just, I couldn't get settled. 
And then as the round went on, um, the, the short putts were, were just like, I mean, every single one, anything outside of a, basically a foot and a half just didn't, it, it just felt like a battle to make. And I missed a lot of short ones early and, and that I was still kind of into it because nobody was really running away with it. I saw that Johnny, um, in the group ahead of me w- was playing pretty solid and I figured he would, he's your typical college kid that, uh, plays a lot. Doesn't I'm, I'm assuming doesn't work or doesn't work much. So he's got a lot of time to work on his game. He's strong. He's young, he's athletic and he hits the ball a long ways. So I was like, well, he's, he's making a run here, but I I'm still Okay. And then, um, you know, just, just kind of struggled in and out there. I birdied nine for the third day in a row. And I was, I was a, a couple back. We were fine. Knocked it pretty close on 10, missed the putt, of course. And then, um, and then it kind of got tough after that, you know, next couple holes, I, I, I may, I should have made another birdie or two get to 13. Now 13, as, as we discussed on the podcast, you know, a few weeks ago there, it's got the Creek on the left. It's got I 69 on the right. It is, it's kind of a scary tee shot. They had the tees all the way back there. As you know, I hit driver there every single time and can hit driver in the fairway with my eyes closed every single time, not hit it out of bounds or in the water one time in the year, 2022. I think the ball's still bouncing northbound 69. I think it's probably reached Angola uh, by about the time I finished the round there. Lost the ball, made a bad chip, missed a short putt, triple bogey, boom, back to back to even par or something like that. At that point, I was like five or six right. back with only a few to play. So at that point, it was it was done. It was it was over with, and I just tried to kind of salvage some make some putts going in there. So the way I look at it though is is being a uh, you know more in the middle age, not the young crowd, the the college or post college you know age where these guys are so good and they have so much time to play. Um, I felt good about myself. You know, if I would, if you would have said, would I shoot 78, 71, 68, that would have been pretty good there, but I shot, you know, backwards there. So, you know, I had to kind of put that in perspective, but I really, there's a lot that I've I've thought about since then that it was like, shit, I should have won that tournament there because with all due respect to, to, to Johnny filler, who won the event, he's, he's your typical college player, but he's not, he's not going to blow you away with a bunch of talent. I mean, we've got a lot of, good college players that came through in the Fort Wayne area over the past 10 years. He doesn't stand out any, any more than that, but uh, he played great, played solid, played an unbelievable last round when the golf course was, was a lot tougher than the first two days and, and fr- quite frankly, deserved a win, but uh, it was fun. It was neat getting into the feeling those nerves, even though I wish I would have handled it a lot better. Not sure if I'll ever get in that position again. Hopefully I will next year. We're going to, we're going to give it hell and, and try to be in that position, but uh, it was cool. With, with the people, with the eyes on you, you know, that was the stuff I experienced 15, 20 years ago and kind of got back into that. So it kind of makes you want more, but I'm kind of glad we're, we're, we're talking about this weeks later because I got time to not really think about it here. And I, I it, it took a while to finally actually get over it. Yeah, the... I mean, it's why we play that, you know, guys like us to get back into that arena to have a chance like you did. And, and, and I think that's, that's pretty much probably starting the week. You just wanted to have a chance on Sunday. You were in a prime position. I, I felt 
I texted you Sunday. I'm like, go get it done. This is, this is yours. And I really felt that way because I, I really liked your position. Um, and it's weird how golf goes because, you know, when you told me it was the short putts, I'm like, wait, what, you know, Johnny, you're Johnny fucking Strouser. You make every three, four or five footer that, I mean, the years that I've been playing with you, um, so that I, I couldn't comprehend that, but that's just the way golf goes. Sometimes you just, you'll wake up the next day. You, you probably play Monday and you shoot 69 and you know, you make every putt. Um, it's, it's weird how the game goes like that. Um, but I, I'm sure there, I'm sure you're disappointed in the end and you made a good point. You flip that week around and if you finish strong, you probably feel a completely different way. Um, uh, but I mean, good on you to get in, the, get in the mix, be right there, um, going to the back nine. Um, and like you said, hopefully you'll be there going, you know, from what it sounds like Pine Valley next year um, in the mix again. Um, Zach, your week, um, you, did you make the cut on the number or were you just a couple of shots inside? The uh, I was inside, I think three or four strokes. So um, it was a good, good comeback on, on day two though, to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's my first city. So first time I've ever qualified for it and first time to get it play and I made it to the third day. So those were, those were my two goals. So looking at it like that, but yeah, I went, I had a, I had a fantastic 85 on uh, the first round. And uh, I, I remember walking off nine green and looking to my friend Travis as caddying for me and being like, man, I really didn't feel like I shot 42 on the front. I just, um, I had seven or eight putts throughout that day, touch the hole and just not go in, you know? So it was one of those ones where you're looking back like, man, I, I really didn't play that bad. I just had some that went in and some that didn't. And um, coming back the next day, I think it was because, you know, my dad was back on the bag and, uh, you know, you played with us in the city qualifier and, you know, he, uh, what was it like 13 when he threw the towel over his shoulder, wrote down the little book to score. And then was like, I could do this on TV. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um and then Sunday was a little bit of, of the same. I, I got, you know, it, it exposed some weaknesses kind of like, you know, Strasser, you were talking about you, you're, you know, for you is different scenario. Cause you're in the limelight and I'm just like, I, I probably got maybe 10 competitive events in my, in my uh, repertoire or in my, my, uh, my bag here. So I'm just, trying to figure out how to play competitively. And I played day one with Johnny filler. And oh, uh, when, when, when you shook his hand, he was probably six, one, six, two. So he's not like overly big, but he had big hands. I just felt like when I shook his hand, I was like, man, you're a big, strong kid kind of here. And, uh, you know, he drove the ball well and he just hit some wedge shots and approach shots that were, I mean, hard to miss the putt. Like I think uh, he had, he birdied five because he hit it to six inches, you know, and then comes back on the next hole, hits it to a couple feet and you're just like, okay. And meanwhile, I'm on the other end and I'm on the fringe. And so, you know, it was, it was interesting to just see the difference and, you know, he plays it what Cleveland state, I think yep. is where he plays. And um just he never really seemed even when uh what's 12 on on the back he flew the green from his from for a second shot hits the back edge of the green on the left and goes out of bounds and so he went back to a spot and then re-hit again uh and his mannerisms never changed the whole time like you know uh 
uh, that, and that's been, I think we've talked about this. My goal is how you manage your emotions the whole round. And I saw him have two bad swings. Um, both times he had bad swings. He ended up getting up and down for bogey. So he didn't get crazy. He didn't have any major mistakes. And I played with him and I thought, man, this kid, if he sticks around on day two, he could have a chance because he just didn't seem real, real shakable in a sense. He just kind of went about his business and it was, it was interesting to see that. And so for me, it was nice. Cause I felt like, Oh man, I had a lot of shots and hit the ball well enough to kind of compete with them. And then just lost on some, some execution. I don't think I made a bunch of bad decisions. I just think that I just, I'm not skilled enough at the moment to execute some of the stuff that I'm starting to see. So it, it was a fun, it was fun. It was a good experience for me. So hopefully we'll be back next year and um, compete a little bit better for them. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good attitude, and I, I you make a good point. I mean, for for guys like you and Isaac, you can kind of see sometimes the difference, like where we are versus really really good players, and you know, it's, it's it can be a fine line at times. It can be really close. Other times, it's a big gap. Um, you know, it's so it's, but I think it's good to see these you play with really good players, and I think it helps you kind of figure out. Hey, here's how they do this. I, I can execute this better. Or maybe it's my maybe it's my game plan off of certain tees or or whatever it is. It's a, it's usually a combination of those things, I think. But I think it's good to see that up close, though. Yeah, well, and something that I noticed, like you know, I play a lot with Wyatt Larkin, and we'll go out and he'll shoot six under through nine, and you're just looking at him like, what do you? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like you just it's there and it's one after another. But then, you know, you throw some of these guys in the heat of the situation and, uh, you know, they don't push as hard and they back up a little bit. And so even though they could go low, you know, you, you, they don't go as low because the pressure's on, you know, and, and, and it's like, but when he's playing against me and some other guys or we're students and that kind of stuff, it's just, they're so robotic that it's, that they just put up good numbers all the time. So, you know, you, I think sometimes playing with those guys that are really good, in a non-stressful situation, you don't get to see some of their true tests of their skill, right? You just, they just know that if they hit it smooth, it's going to go to where they want it to go and that. But the moment you had that stress in there, you know, even the real good ones, and it was kind of nice to compete on a, on a stage of stress with them and see that really there's not a, a, a huge gap, even though there is a large gap at the moment, it's, it's something that in the past I never would have looked at and been like, Gee. but I kind of looked at some of those things like, uh, I, I could play, you know what I mean? So it was a neat confidence builder for me. Uh, so it was fun on, uh, on the par five, that first par five on the front, I outdrove Johnny for the second time. I outdrove him on three and I outdrove him on, uh, that par five. And he comes up and he's like, how old are you? And I was like, I was like, I'm 41, you dick. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no. And I was like, well, you came at me pretty strong there with that, you know, considering you're behind me at the moment. Um, but the difference was I hit my ball to like, I don't know, 50 feet. And he hit his, uh, I hit a five iron, you know, uh, just barely 200 and some yards. And he hit his six iron, uh, that 215 that he was, and he hit it to about 10 feet. No, I'm I'm 30 feet and he's 10 feet. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, drive for show. 
Well, I mean, it sounds like it was a good a good experience for you, like I said, first city and, and get your feet wet and a uh, nice building block for you going forward, though. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned, you know, playing with younger guys because so I played with six guys on the week and three of them were 16 or younger. Uh, I felt like I was playing on the junior circuit. Uh, you know, I had my pairing. Anyway, I talked about this on the, set, on the Friday night show with Ramon and Zach. You know, I had... Joey Hughes and uh, I forget the other kid's name. He was 14 and they couldn't have been nicer. They're great kids. And, um, but I felt incredibly old. You know, the mom was commenting how I was such a good role model for them. And um, I'm like, shit, this is not what I want to hear after the round. Um, but then, and then Sunday I get paired with Alex Holder and um, you know, it's like, that's like the future of Fort Wayne golf right there. I mean, kid, um, I think he ended up with 73 or 74 on the day, but on the front nine, he hit every single fairway, seven to seven, hit every single green, did not miss one shot. Um, I think his only bogey was a three putt. Uh, I forget which hole, but I, I mean, I, I was, I couldn't have been more impressed. His swing is just incredibly technically sound. And um, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch, but yeah, I felt like half the week I was playing on like the junior tour and all these kids are really good. They're just really good. I mean, it, it was, it was incredibly interesting. Um, but yeah, the week for me was, um, and, and I think I talked about it on the, the Friday night show. It was fun, fun to get started on a, on a good note with a 73 and then come back Saturday, really not knowing what to expect. Um, and then I, I birdied, three and I birdied seven. So I was two under through seven on, on the second round. So I think I got to one under for the tournament and Tim was out there caddying for me. And he was like, shit, this is, he's like, you're like eighth place. Let's, let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then I do the Phil Miller thing where then I almost hit an OB on eight right after that and uh, scramble to make an unbelievable bogey. Um, and then, and then my ball striking just completely fell off the map on the back nine Saturday. Um, and I, I, I've never scrambled and worked so hard on my, like at any point and did it successfully. Um, and really I had, I missed a three footer on 18 for a 72. So that was pretty frustrating, but I felt so awful on 17. I we were walking. I said, dude, I feel weird. I said, I, my body feels like tingly. And I said, I, 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 I was trying to shake, shake it out. I'm like, I, said, I just don't feel right. And, uh, I said that on 17. I said, it just feels weird making full swings. And uh, so I'm, I'm just trying to position the ball. I think that that pin Saturday was like front left. So I, I, I am, I'm intentionally missing it short, right. So I just have an angle to, to, you know, two putt from, and then 18, I, I hit this crappy low cut drive short of the bunker. And I said, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make this next swing, dude. I said, I feel awful. Um, well, you know, looking back, there's no goddamn water out there. The only water on the back nine on Saturday was at 13 and it was empty. Um, so I had my last water. Um, I, I drank a whole bottle at the turn and then I filled it up and I drank that by the middle of 10 fairway. Um, so I didn't have a drop going, you know, until I got done. So I, looking back, I'm sure that's what it was. And Johnny, I don't know if you had a similar experience, but um so, yeah, I, I was able to just somehow make the swing on 18 to get it to the front fringe. And, of course, I three-putted from there for bogey. But um, I felt really, you know, pretty pretty proud of the effort because I didn't feel like my ball striking was there um, at least toward the end on Saturday. And then Sunday, unfortunately for me, the, the bottom, it, it, it fell out in a way that it shouldn't have. I, I probably should have shot 
somewhere between 78 and 81, somewhere in there, probably. Um, you know, I had two, three putts on the front nine. I turned in 40. And Johnny, you mentioned the ball flying, uh, like jumping. Every, every time I was in the rough, uh, I, and I learned early on, like, oh, I, I, I got to take a club more. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know if it was just the way it was setting up or, or whatever. And it's really weird because the greens were so, so slow. But some of the greens you would hit, that first bounce was just really firm coming out of the rough. Um, so 10, I have 187 yards in. I'm in the right rough. I hit a three-wood, hit it, flared to the right. I have 187, and I hit seven iron. I fly the green on 10 with a seven iron. It hits that down slope, jumps way. It's a typical Phil Miss, you know, Johnny, that I would normally have. I had to hit a flop over that tree, over the green, just to get it on the back edge. I, I make a five, but it was kind of the sign like, oh, I'm really holding on here. Um, and then I get on 11T, and it felt like there was 35 carts on that hole. And so it's funny you mentioned that. And it kind of just kind of freaked me out because there's carts up by the green. It felt like there was a ton of people surrounding the tee box. I felt like people were two feet from me watching me hit the shot, which, by the way, it started to get really windy at that point, uh, late Sunday afternoon. You know, it got got kind of tough with the wind. And so I'm, I'm hitting uh, six iron, 200 yards over the water with the wind. And I just, I was incredibly late on it. And I hit a push cut and I'm like, get the fuck down. And it hits the cart path and it just bounces straight to the right, goes OB by a foot. And then I have to re-tee and I hit that one in the water. And, um, so I take an eight on that hole and it was, it was a disaster. And then the next, the next hole, number 12, I hit it OB and I'm like, Oh my God, this is, things are moving very, very, very quickly here. I, I all of a sudden I'm in the top 20 and then now I'm like, I'm hanging on for a top 60 finish. Um, so I had to, I had to grind my ass off those last six holes just to, to, finish top 60. Um, I think I parred five of the last six just to do that. Um, so it was really a matter of three or four swings that really got me, but those can be really costly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I 70, 73, 73, 86, um, just, just a tough finish. Um, what can you say? Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys too, both of you on uh, Saturday and Sunday played late and that it was hot. It got hot that second, especially that second day. I remember being on um, 14 and like I'm reading a putt and all I can, I feel like there's just steam rolling off my face. And I mean, I took my hat. I, I, I don't, I didn't even have the hat. Down. I had the hat like on the back of my head. I, I don't even know why I was wearing a hat as maybe just to block some sun from my face. But I was thinking it was- this is really hot. Is really I, I think Saturday was the hottest day that I've ever played golf in. And, and Johnny and I have played together when it was over a hundred. I don't remember it feeling like that. I don't know about you guys, but um, it, it was, it, it was, it was warm. I, I don't know. I was better. I was better hydrated. I, I don't know. I, for some reason, always the first day after my, my work week, I always struggle with the heat. So I felt that, I mean, I was the worst shape on Friday by far. And I was, uh, I mean, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday were both hot. But, you know, when you play in the city tournament, it's three rounds. We're not used to three rounds. You know, if we play in any of these local events, you play in any club events, you play, you know, whatever. You're playing just usually Saturday, Sunday. So you get that that third day. And then, like, you know, in Phil, in my case, you know, playing 
Sunday afternoon, you get up and you've got all day long to either think about it or you to, to stare out there and see it, you know, the ground baking and the wind starting to blow. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just different because, you know, a lot of us play in the mornings, you know, we don't usually play in the afternoons or, or, or later on. So it's just, it's, it's a weird feeling and, and you get uncomfortable because yeah, you're in contention. You got people watching you're, you're hot, you're sticky because you're, your your shower schedule, your eating schedules, all a little bit different with the golf and everything, and you know what makes the college kids and why they win a lot of these events. Yes, they play a lot a lot of events, so they're used to being in position, and just golf's just generally easier for them. But they play in a lot of tournaments, and when when you play in events, and the older that we all get and play in these you're going to have a level of discomfort, whether it's physical discomfort or, or emotional and mental discomfort, you've got to get uncomfortable. You got to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. So my dad told me years ago, he's like, that's the one thing that you're going to have to get over. And the guys who, who can succeed on the PGA tour on the collegiate level on, on any pro tour, or even the Fort Wayne city golf championship, you just, you're going to have that uncomfortable feeling where, where your belt's not going to fit quite right or or your shirt's going to snag on the shoulder a little bit or you got this just a sweat that's coming down your hand you know just little things like that that that's not going to bother you on a tuesday morning or some random saturday morning you know when you're playing so you know those guys get used to it we've got to get used to that more and that's why when you play in these events you get more comfortable with that a guy like me who's who's finished pretty well in a lot of the fort wayne golf events I've taken that from college and, and can kind of know what to expect from my body, from my golf game, from my mental state and everything like that. But, you know, I think when you throw in the city championship, you throw an extra day, it's always hot as balls and it's just, it's just a different situation. And, and the more you play and the more you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, I think the easier it ends up getting, but also with, with that in exchange comes, you get older you know, are you working out as much? Are you eating more? Do you know, you know, are you gaining weight and all that other stuff? So you got to figure out a way to balance it out, but it is fun though. And I always talk about like, um, you know, whenever we do golf podcasts is, you know, having that chance on Sunday, Phil, it's gotta be kind of cool that you woke up and you're like fourth or fifth to last group. I mean, that's something that's you probably, I don't recall at least in city. I know in, in some of the smaller events, they got cobblestone, you were, uh, you, you were playing near the last group and everything like that, but it, it's, it's a different feeling. I'm sure when you woke up that day, you know, just, just your whole mindset and, and how things kind of went on for the day. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I did feel way different and it is, it is a long way. You're right. I, I felt like I didn't know what to do with my, my morning, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's like, you can, you can take positive feelings or negative feelings. It's your choice, I guess, for, for all of us, really, you know, um, I, it took me a couple of days, like, how do I, how do I feel about this? You know, playing pretty, I mean, you know, pretty, pretty well, the first two days, top 15, and then just backing up the last day I can, I can either take the positives and, you know, or focus on the negatives. So I, I, I chose to focus on what I did well. And, um, but yeah, it was it was fun to be in that environment, and I was I was so nervous on the first tee. I mean, I get I get Alex Holder up there. Uh, he's just I mean, he's just launching the ball down he's there. A robot. Like, yeah, I'm like robot. shit. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to have those feelings. It was good to feel that way, and and it's you know I feel motivated 
um, after after the city because I feel like I did so many things really well. Like I felt like that's the best I've played from probably 150 yards in. Probably the best I've ever hit my wedge. <clears throat> my wedges. The problem was is my, my long game was not putting me in position to do that. So. <clears throat> Anything else from City? Uh, live scoring, it kind of works when people did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was fun, though. I, I really liked it when people did it. Um, yeah, my my guys, one guy volunteered to do it. We got out to, like, the fourth hole. I got, like, a text message saying, hey, when do you, you know, when do you tee off? And I looked at it, and I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not going to do the live scoring. Luckily, I was able to text the pro, and he was able to get me our – our, our code, which they put on the scorecards the last two days, but I think they should do that. I think you should do that for all the events. I mean, they might as well. It's, it's really nice to know where you're at and kind of where you can go for. And, and even if you're not in contention, you can always set goals. Hey, I want to get in the top 20, want to get the top 25, you know, and you can see where you're at when people are using it. Yeah. You know, I thought they, from what I look like a decent amount of people were using it. I mean, I know there were some groups that didn't. Uh, on the second day, the kid that was doing ours quit on the 16th hole. So I don't quit, ran out of balls. I'm not really sure. But the poor <laughs> kid and his girlfriend had a rough day. A rough day. He uh he hit we we played back to front and on six he hit three balls out. You know, one oh. of them was one of them was into the retirement home. And he turns oh. around and and I mean, his real debacle was on, on third, um, 14, but, uh, here on six, he hits three balls out and he finally gets one to play. We finished that hole. He goes into eight and, or sorry, seven. And then he go, we go into eight and he hits one ball out of bounds and his girlfriend's caddying for him. And he turns around and he goes, I need another ball. She goes, what happened? He goes, I went F and right again. And she leans over. She was sitting next to my dad's friend under the tree. She leans over, pulls a red ball out, looks at it and goes, good luck, and tosses him the ball. And he promptly hits that ball out of bounds, turns around, takes his hat off, shakes our hands, and says, that's enough. I'm out. <laughs> and the two wow. of them walk, walk down eight together. Just they didn't look like they were enjoying life at all. And I felt bad. I I felt bad for the kid. I spent most of the time talking to the young kid in my group, just like, stay, stay in your lane. Don't get wrapped up in everything that kid's got going on right now. You're playing good and just keep going. But uh, yeah, he walked off and left. Well, I mean, the good news is the weekend had to get better for him at that, after that, right? That was rock bottom. Had to only go, so. only go up from so. there. I hope um, so. well, anything else on city, Johnny? No, no, that was, uh, that was, I, I don't want to, yeah. Do I want to say something about the greens? I was real disappointed in that. I mean, they talked I think about that's how, the only other thing. he talked yeah. about how great they were going to be. And I know there's some membership groups from other local courses who, you know, have much better greens. I'm not just talking about the one you're thinking of, but uh, there, there's some country, well, there's some country club, there's some country clubs as well, but right. you know, they, I, I really wish as a member there, I really wish they would have kind of just sacrificed the greens. They could have just rolled them, shaved them tight. They would have died for a couple days. And, and you know, you could bring them back. You had good temperatures this, this entire last week. They would have uh, oh, yeah. grown back here real quick here. And they, they've had them like eight, nine years ago before any of these people here were there. 
and they had them rolling. I remember for a tournament, it was the Drew Pearson Memorial that I lost in a playoff into Severnasco. And they had them rolling. I swear to you, it was a 12, 13, 14 on the step. They were unfair fast, and I loved it. And they had them just for a little while there. But uh, I really wish they would have just kind of said, you know what, let's just do that. This is you know, city championship. We're trying to show the golf course off. You know, they did that. And then I know the mats, the mats are good mats, but they were hitting off the mats. And that's, that's tough scene right there. That's just tough. It's just, they're, they're just the little things like that, but you know, they, all in all, they were real proud of how they, they did things. They were real excited about it, having everybody there. And, you know, it was nice having the, the kegs of beer at the end and, and, you know, whatnot. It's a good little sitting area under the awning, but uh, greens were, were, were disappointing. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I felt anyways. They were, they were slow all week. Cause I think it was cause the high humidity. So I I'm okay. And Zach, I'll let you talk about the greens in a second. I'm glad you brought up the math. So too, I forgot about that, but I mean, that, that was really surprising. I, I would understand if there was like a lot of rain during the week or, or whatever, but um, it's the city championship, man. You can't have mats out there for, for, for us to, to prepare for a round. I mean, what are we at Bobix golf? Come on. Um, uh, the greens, Zach, I, I think we talked about a little bit, incredibly slow i mean I, I i i didn't have a problem with it because i said i i put it great the first two days but i i i know that was that was the large theme of what everyone was talking about uh over the weekend yeah you know i think i just prepared so much because uh, you know um there are some courses in here that have pretty fast greens that roll pretty true um, I don't know that I've ever thought that autumn ridges when they get real fast are the truest greens to roll, but I thought that you, I was going to have to prepare for that likely miss and the rollout. And I don't know. I mean, and again, everybody putted on the same greens. We said this, you know, so I think it was, um, I, I tried not to get too wrapped up into it, but I did have a little bit of trouble trying to gauge by my downhill style. I don't know. So it was, I could have thought they would done a little bit better with the greens, but what really, I think, uh, now not for me, cause I came, I came stacked with water, but I thought it was super disrespectful not to fill the waters for the second group. You know, I, I was lucky enough in a sense to play early. So we had water the whole way around, but on day one, we didn't, I played in the late group on day one, and I came around the corner and they didn't have any water. Um, now I, I think I'd be in trouble or my wife would yell at me if I went to the, the, the thing without a couple extra waters and that kind of, so I, so I was pretty hydrated for the most part. Um, but man, I felt bad for like, especially you guys. Cause I know they didn't refill the waters one time throughout that event. And you sent an awful lot of guys and it was awful hot to let somebody be out on that back nine. You know, I feel like, I'm guessing next year at Pine Valley, they're going to have their waters filled. They're probably going to have some extra coolers along the way. I just thought that there could have been some things done to help uh, the players out a little bit more. Um, But again, what's 156 people in a field for two days. And then you got 75 people playing. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of headache for that course that, but yeah, I mean, all in all, they did a great job. Yeah, I thought the course was in great shape. I really did. Yeah, the, the mats were frustrating. The greens were frustrating. The water was frustrating. But the course, the course played well. I love. I mean, I, I think we all enjoy playing the course. I know Johnny loves it. Um, 
I, I enjoy playing it. I, I, that's why I was excited to get to this week. I thought I, I could play well there. Um, and it is funny, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I just, I felt like I clubbed down as much as I ever have. And I was just like, I'm just getting the ball in the fairway. And if you're hitting your irons, well, you can, uh, uh you can, you can really take advantage of, of just kind of getting the ball in play and taking trouble out of play. And, uh, Tim was like, why don't you play like this all the time? I'm like, that's a damn good question. Maybe I figured something out here. Um, uh, so we'll put the city championship to rest. We got to move on. We are deep into this show, guys. We got to we gotta go through Will Zalatoris' win right, real quick here and then talk about the BMW. Um, all right, so Will Zalatoris, what are they going to say about me now? First tour win first career win um moves to ninth in the world this has been a long time coming i think i saw kyle porter uh great twitter following from cbs i think he said that he's uh six shots away from winning five times this year including two majors um it's just been an incredible year golf is such a weird thing it's I mean, I was thinking this watching yesterday and, and even on a smaller level with four-way golf association is it's really hard to win golf tournaments. Will Zalitz Force has got to be thinking, oh my God, I'm I'm beating Rory, I'm beating JT, Tony Finau, who's one of the hottest players in the world, Cam Smith. And then all of a sudden, fucking Sepp Strzok, who can't, he's been the worst player on tour for two months. And then he's going to take me down. I mean... I was just thinking this can't keep happening. Um, and, and kind of funny enough, this might be the one he deserved to win the least with some of the stuff he was doing there late in the round and on the playoff. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on, on will. Um, I, I, I'd have to agree with you. I thought this was the one that he shouldn't have won and he did win. I mean, I thought Seb Straka was, was going to sneak in and take it, especially considering on the last hole he hit it, you know, he hit that, uh, shot into the green closer than Will did. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Will's one liner was on before to end the round, right? It wasn't on the playoff hole. Right. right? 72nd he, hole. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, a little bit of me that was like, oh, did he just put that hex on himself? I mean, you know, throwing out, what are they going to say about me now before you've won? Uh, so I was like, man, I hope he didn't just jinx himself or put himself in there. Um, but the best part to me was the last whole putt that he made. He hit it out and around uh, Seb Straka's ball marker. You know what I mean? So it just kind of was like the perfect little line. It went out, around, and dropped in. And uh, I'm happy for the kid. I think he he's a fun kid to watch. And um, I think it could be dangerous now for a little while. I think he's not far from being a world number one. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, Johnny, this, this has to be a, are the floodgates going to open up situation? Uh, I mean, he's maybe the best ball striker on tour right now. Um, at least the best iron player going right now, you might say. Um, feels a lot like Colin Morikawa's game. Now it's, it's, if Will putts decent, he might win situation. That's a good comparison. I, I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, he, as good as, as good as he hits the ball, as good as he's hit it since he's come out uh, and had that good uh, um, corn fairy season and, and got the promotion to the BGA Tour, you know, it was just a matter of when. Um, he could have won several majors. He could have won one major, you know, always being in contention there. 
he hasn't had the week in and week out success that you see a lot of guys. But like I said, after the PGA championship, when he lost to Justin Thomas um, in the playoff there, I, I said he he's kind of a big game hunter. He's not going to win a high volume. I don't think you're ever going to see him win 25, 30 times on tour, but he's going to win big events. He's going to be your new kind Oops. of Brooks Kepka thing where he's going to win those, those types of events. Cause that's, that's what he wants to show up for. And not to say that he won't win, you know, smaller events as it is, but uh, I think he kind of knows when he needs to get his game peaking and, you know, he knows he understands his game and, you know, there's, he, there's been a lot of criticism on the putting because the putting stroke is, is ugly, but it, it absolutely gets the job done. And I'm glad he finally kind of, you know, validated it by, you know, making that putt at the end of regulation and, uh, um, you know, and he, and he hold a good putt there on the, the, the last playoff hole to win it as well. I mean, it wasn't just a tap in and everything. So, you know, I think this, uh, hopefully opens up the floodgates. I hope it, hope it, you know, he wins a lot of events cause he's, he's a really likable dude. Um, you know, he's a, yeah. a great player on top of it. And I thought what was really interesting was, is, and I'm sh- not sure if you guys saw, uh, after Friday of the Wyndham Championship, which was last week, um, he fired his caddy and yeah. actually made the cut and then played with a new caddy there. So this was his first week on, on, the, on the, the job there. So maybe there was something that was he felt was kind of holding him back or, or the, the relationship was going a little bit stale, um, you know, as player-caddy relationships tend to go um, over time. So, you know, that kind of, I think maybe injected some new energy into, uh, in, into, uh, you know, the post major season and, and, you know, you hope that this is going to be something where we'll see him contend more consistently and, and win a lot more events, you know, will it, maybe not, he could be just one of those guys that, uh, he's only going to show up at the, uh, the biggest of events. And I consider this one here. I mean, this is, this is the FedEx cup playoffs, you know, which could, you know, be called the Super Bowl of golf, you know. Um, so, you know, him showing up like that uh, and winning this big of an event with a you know, real solid field there. <laughs> Sorry. I just I, I had to get uh, it in there. Somewhere. I heard that somewhere. I heard that. Somewhere. Yeah, you may, you may have heard that somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I've been a fan of his since since he came out on tour. I bet him a lot to win events. Um, I was I was on the fence at actually betting him this last week. And then you told me he was on your card. And I'm like, you know what? Don't be, don't leave him off your card. Don't let it be the time that he does it. Cause I think his game's looking good and everything. Let's just go ahead and do it. And of course, of course he yeah. did. And that was a, that was a good little payday there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to have both of us be on him this, you know, the week he actually wins because we've talked about him so, so much. And by the way, I think Zach Fitzgerald bailed on this podcast. So he didn't have to, he didn't have to come up and, and, and discuss the feelings of seeing Zalatoris win finally. And um, we know his hatred for Will. Um, it's well-documented. He is um, so anti-Zalatoris. It's just, um, it's gross. Um, but no, I, I, I feel so strongly that Zalatoris has, number one player in the world potential, you know, does that mean he would be the best? I, not necessarily, but I, I just think that he finishes so well. And so, so, so many of these, um, you know, events that have all the best players in the, 
and the world playing in them that is he's he's getting so many OWGR points when he finishes well and he's going to win his fair share that I, th- I really think he's got potential to be number one player in the world. Um, he's he's sort of become my my favorite guy to watch. You know, I used with uh, DJ going to live, um, you know, so I, I've had to kind of move on and I just, I really like watching Zalatoris play golf. Um, what else from uh, the FedEx St. Jude, Zach, anything interesting to you besides Zalatoris? No, I mean, the, uh, not really. I, I didn't get to watch too much of the tournament. I watched mainly most of Sunday. I got to play Friday and Saturday this week. So Nice. I, I mean, uh, and, and you were just waiting on the next live event, really. So, I, that's all I'm here <laughs> for. Like, let's go live it up. So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, the uh, the hip injury uh, heard around the world right now. I think yeah. you know, just a, a, a kind of a. If you're going to penalize me, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, uh, well, these rules are crazy. This, yeah, I mean. It was one of the most basic rules. When Johnny told me, I wasn't aware of it. He texted me yesterday. He's like, oh, Cam was was penalized. I was like, wait, what? I, I hadn't found out about it. And then when I looked, I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the most basic rules uh, in golf. I mean, pretty much, you know, that's just something that he should know not to do. Now, if he's not on television, you know, this probably doesn't happen. It, that's where it becomes a bit unfair to the guys that are on TV that have a camera on them all the time compared to the guys that don't. And then it's re- retroactively uh, done like it was in his situation. I I think it probably affected him. I mean, he did not play well yesterday. I mean, that, that would, that would be a bitch to, you know, a couple hours before your tea time. Oh, you're, you're, you're getting a two shot penalty. I mean, that would, that would be hard to overcome. 26 yeah. minutes. It was 26 minutes. Told, okay. 26 minutes is when they told him, which was absolute horse shit. I mean, I, that is 100% a breach of the rule, but you know what? You sign your scorecard scores were posted. Tea times came out. Everybody woke up the next day, got on with their day. And then they decided to penalize him. Like I am not, I am. I hate Cam Smith right now for, for going to, for going to live. I really do. I, I am very, very resentful of that. I don't like it at all and everything like that, but he, yeah. that is absolute trash that, that, uh, you know, a rules official can look at coverage the next day. Cause someone was like, Hey, did you see what he did there on nine there? He dropped the ball and it, you know, it rested on the, uh, on the red line of the, uh, the hazard there. So for anybody that doesn't know, he hit it in the ball, he hit the ball on the par three, hit it in the water. And then when he went to take his drop, the ball, uh, it bounced. And it rolled and rolled on the line of the hazard. Anybody who plays golf, you you see the red stakes. Well, they they have red lines. They actually paint the lines out in tournaments. The ball was touching that line. It actually ended up on it. You have to take full relief. That's that's not considered full relief. He would have had to redrop it, and if it would have gone back in, he could place it on the fairway, chip it up there. No deal. No big deal. This did not affect it in any any kind of way. It's just a petty bullshit decision that they decided. After the fact, and I, I, I hate that stuff. I hate this retroactive garbage that these that, that, that they do. You know, I hated it when they had the callers that would call oh, in and say, "Hey, that's a penalty right there." Oh, I hated I those the guys. Same, the same damn thing. This could have been someone from NBC, you know, in the truck, you know, queuing up some footage and been like, "Hey, I think that's a penalty. Let me go ahead and you know alert the PGA Tour." If you're gonna do it, do it that day before he signs a scorecard or right after, before the round is completed. Don't do it that morning and then notify him 20 minutes before he tees off. I mean, that's just, 
It's just it's stupid. You it's can't like, tell me that that's when they figured that out. You, you know, what I, mean? I agree with you 100%. Like, it was almost like they waited till the moment to be like, oh, by the way, two-stroke yeah. penalty. Now go deal with it. You know, I... I just don't understand. There's, there's, there's a rules of rules official with that group. I, I just, oh yeah, there, there, there was. Yeah, and he was not looking. He was, he was off was, doing whatever because they, because what else could you be chief, doing? The <laughs> chief rules official who they had on with A Zinger and Dan Hicks, they interviewed him and he's like, yeah, he was there. He just wasn't. He was off doing something else, and it was like, that, Are you, yeah, that's what you're there for to make sure when the guy's taking a drop. That it's it's he's doing it the right way. That everything is by the book. Yeah. Like, what else should you be doing? You're there to to monitor these type of things. I, I just I don't yeah. know. the PJ Tour has got to be very careful going forward here with the whole live tour. They've got there, there's an image thing, and you look petty like this that you're taking a guy who's who's leaving your tour here, you know, for for the other tour, and it's just it's too coincidental. At some point, you got to say, you know, yeah, you know what. He screwed up, but you know what? We'll move on. It's it's not gonna, you know, it affects it a little bit, but it's it's not that egregious of a of an issue. So right. it sucks and it's stupid and it it like Zach said, it it smells of conspiracy and it's just it's a bad it's a bad bad look. And you just can't you can't do that because you've got these fans that are that are they're not sure if they want to tune in to live. They don't know if they want to stick with the PGA tour. Then they see that and they're like. You know what the hell, man? Yeah, and that's where I think the average person is going to look at it and be like, "Is so his ball was touching that line? He he went through the process. All he was doing was touching that line. He didn't get better. It actually went but he, like so. You know, and now you're now you're trying to. Well, the rule is he's got to take a, a complete relief, and now you're trying to explain the the minutia details here of, well, it was actually touching that red line. So technically it's not taken relief, full relief. And you, you're just muddy in the waters here. And in a weird way, you know, I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't penalize them because it was, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where like you, I agree with you, Johnny, they're, 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 you got these fans that don't know any better. They're just looking to watch some fun golf or some good golf and, and, and you got a guy that's getting penalized the next day, 26 minutes before he goes and plays. Uh, the PGA Tour, I feel like, live or not, has everything they've done has been counteractive, right? Like the, all the things they complained about, we're not making enough money. Well, now the purses are bigger. They're not, they're not like strategically doing it. They're just like throwing darts at the dartboard and so i like it says just makes them look pettier and pettier and i feel like there's got to be a better way to handle this live golf stuff whether you like it or don't like it um i feel like they just keep messing up and and, and it's going to hurt the pga when it really shouldn't i mean if you want to go play a 54 shotgun hole event like have fun go 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 do it but you don't get any points for the world's Number one. I mean, I think there's so many different ways that this could be it. And they're just, they just keep going after all the stuff that they think people want to know about, but this is stuff that people don't really care about. So you're going to, you're going to end up losing a lot of people. If live ever gets publicized off YouTube. I, 
which I, I don't I don't see a path on that, by the way. It's maybe potentially streaming, but there, a lot of these streaming uh, services are aligned with a network like Paramount is with CBS. You know, they have a they have a deal with PJ Tour. NBC is with uh, Hulu. Right. I believe so. I, I, I think the only one that I, I read that doesn't really have a deal with any network is Apple. Um, so that might be some uh, a streaming service that they could look at. Uh, but I was going to say, I think both of these things could be true that um, <clears throat> you can hate live or the idea of live, which I do. That's <laughs> well publicized. I know Johnny's in the same boat. Zach, you're not, which is fine. You can hate the idea of live. You can feel like it's dividing golf, whatever. I feel all those things. I also feel like that the PGA tour hasn't necessarily handled things really well. That That's also true as well. Um I, a lot of their decisions have been, like you said, retroactive to what Liv has done. Now they claim that all the TV, the new TV contract money is finally coming in so that, that they can push this money out for the new schedule. They can, uh, you know, pay out more for the elevated events like the Rivieras, the Arnold Palmers, the memorials, those kind of events. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, is that just a retroactive decision that they're trying to push more money into the big events? I, I think they should be, but that's, I think that should have been happening for a long time. Um, and I think the playoffs, I don't, I think it's too, I think it's too big. And I know that they're downsizing next year. The top 70 will, will make the playoffs instead of the, the 125. I mean, if you think about it, the top 125 out of however many guys, play on tour was probably i know it's it's probably over 200 who regularly play i mean this it's it's like the nba taking 22 playoff teams right well, um i mean ricky this was, fowler was got it. well yeah and, but and he's, he's my favorite but ricky fowler got on he hasn't finished in the top 100 in about any event he's played in and he got into right. the the, the right. playoff. It's yeah, it's watered down. That's why I think going to the top 70 is great. I think they even go further in the future, but it, it was almost disastrous having a guy like Sepp Straka win a playoff event. That's not who they want winning. They don't want JJ Spawn or Brian Harmon winning playoff events. I mean, it was it was really kind of that leaderboard on Saturday was like the top six guys were like the Spawns, the Harmons, Molinax, all these guys. So Zalatoris did him a favor by winning that tournament for sure. Um, we could go, I mean, we could go hours talking about live and PGA tour, but we got to keep the show moving guys. So we got to talk about the BMW championship for at least a few minutes and, and guys that, you know, we like this week. I'm losing my voice for some reason, too much talking. Um, second event of the three event series in the FedEx cup. This is at Wilmington country club. I don't think they've ever played an event here. It's Robert Trent Jones, Senior course, par 71, over 7,500 yards, so a lengthy track. Um, I don't really know much about this golf course, um, really at all, and I haven't really had time to look. Johnny, you have anything on this golf course? If it's anything like any Robert Trent Jones course, like almost ever in the history of Robert oh. Trent Jones, um, it requires uh, um, off the tee. Uh, they're, they're big, long holes, big golf courses, got to be able to, to, to hit good drives. Um, so strokes gain off the tee. He always has tricky green complexes as includes the bunkering water hazards, um, slopes, all that around the green. So, 
Uh, I would say strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain around the green. Got to have guys with good short games because go, his courses tend to be very, very long. So you're going to miss greens and, and they're not the easiest to get up and down. So that's probably what this one is. I've done a, just a, a smidgen of research on it. And that's uh, that kind of matches up with a classic Robert Trent Jones. So we want good drivers, good short games um, to, to, uh, to win this one. Good to know. All right, that's good info. Um, so, the sports book this week, they're they're like, guys, listen. There's a whole bunch of guys that are are playing really well, and we don't we don't we don't fucking know how to price them. So we're gonna make them all the same all price, the same. and you're just gonna have to figure it out. Uh, not a surprise that Rory's the favorite at, at plus one thousand, but I, I've never, I mean, been betting golf for about three years and have not seen anything like this. So you got Zalatoris, Finau, Cantlay, Fitzpatrick, JT, Rom, Scheffler, Xander, all at plus fourteen hundred. Um, Sanjay and Morikawa at two thousand. Uh, Cam Young and Sam Burns at twenty five. That's uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's amazing. I haven't seen odds like that. Um, usually, there's a bit of a fall off. Usually, it's for four or five guys under twenty to one. But pretty much, you can put a blanket over the top ten guys in this field. How do you decipher who you like, uh, Zach? Do you have a you have a feeling about one of these guys? I mean, I think Rory's playing pretty well right now, um, and he's going to be hard to kind of kind of bet against but that's not really that great of odds and and i'm not the better that you two guys are um but i mean i tony finals is playing as good as anybody in the world right i mean he's he's it's like that snowball effect like he finally got a win and he comes back and gets another one um so i'm i'm thinking that i would actually put a little bit of money on him um but other than that like nothing jumps at me like you said everything is you know, there's like 10 guys for 1400 and then a bunch at 200 and then it starts to go back. So Sam Burns maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But I wish I had better uh, information for you, but I think Johnny's the man on this one. Well, Johnny's the man, Johnny, who you like, I, I have a thought, but I want to hear who you have. Well, I, I do agree with, with Zach and Tony Fino. I don't know if I like him to win this week because just he's won twice and he contended this last week. Tony Finau, I think as far as, you know, the auto top five or auto top 10 bet is a solid bet. And I have no reason to believe that he won't finish top 10 um, this week here. So, I mean, you're getting them at small plus odds, but, but excuse me, but he's, he's a pretty solid bet there. Um, I do like uh, John Rahm finally a little bit. The putting is still a little bit streaky here. So there is some concern there, but real good driver of the golf ball had a great final round there, moved up into the top, I think top six or so this last week. Um, my main guy though, and um, I wish I would have kind of wish I would have had these odds uh, last week for this event. Um, and, you know, just played some flyers here because he was such a, such a good number as Colin Morikawa. I think, uh, I think he's starting to figure that out there and he's going to slowly start coming around with that putting. And I think he's got the ball flight thing maybe figured out a little bit, but I mean, he's, he's your complete game there. And as long as he can get that putter work in there, I don't know what his strokes game putting was last week. Um, but he did have a pretty good Sunday there. Like him a lot. 20 to one's a pretty good number there. And I, I think I'm going to hit that. I, I, I like that play a lot. Um, Makes a lot of sense. He was 
on the precipice last week. I mean, he made a late run, missed a couple shorties there at the end. Um, I think the number you're getting on him makes sense. Um, my, my top play is Justin Thomas. Um, at, obviously one of the 14 to one guys I've Going been with JT. I've, I've been away from JT for a while, but I think he's back. He's, um, he gained three strokes off the tee last week, hit it great. Only gained one on approach, but he gained four around the green. So it fits that profile Ooh. of, of uh, driving it well, getting the ball up and down. He lost two and a half strokes putting, which we know is the JT uh, Achilles heel. But, man, we're, we're one decent putting week away from JT, I think, throwing up some low numbers. Um, I really like him. I actually really like him for first round leader as well because he he really played he played three good rounds. He played not great on Saturday, but he played three really good rounds. Um, so I like uh, JT. I want to look at the Morikawa numbers from last week, but at twenty to one, you're obviously getting um, a bit of a discount. This has been a off year for uh, Morikawa. I mean, in a big way. I mean, he hasn't won, correct? I don't believe he's won. I don't think um, so. Um, and, and so maybe that's that's a bit of you know re- regression to the mean, which you know we talked about with him winning so much so early in his career. I think what five or six wins in his first sixty starts. That's an unsustainable rate of winning. But um, now we're talking about it's been it's been a while for him um, since he's since he's won a golf tournament. I feel like we've seen a little bit of him rounding into form. Um, these guys just tend to, you see a little bit and then they tend to just kind of peak. And um, I, I, I'm hopeful that's what we're seeing with Morikawa. So I like JT. I like Morikawa. Um, the third guy, one guy I've already bet today and it was at a, uh, it was an early morning number was Cameron Young at uh, 33 to one. Um, and he's already went down to 20, again. 25. Um, good again. He had a really poor putting week uh, last week at St. Jude, but uh, I think if you're talking about strokes gained off the tee being really critical, um, you can usually start with Cam Young being one of the best uh, in the world right now off the tee. And I wonder if there's some motivation there, seeing his buddy Salatoris get get his win. Um, Maybe Cam Young feels like he he deserves to get off the schneid here um, and picks one up. Um, In the fairness of time, Johnny, um, anybody past the 25 to one mark and lower, um, interests you. Uh, it, it feels like one of those events where it's one of those top guys, but, uh, who knows, or maybe we got a, we got a step Straka out there that could, that could contend here. It, it will likely be the 25 to one and better most likely, but, uh, just a few guys that I like, uh, Max Homa fits the profile. I think you could get him at a better number. And if you can look at top 10, didn't play great this last week, but great driver, of the golf ball, um, just a good solid all around player. Um, Tom Kim is playing unbelievably good. Ju Hung Kim, I think is his name. Uh, he won at Wyndham and got in the playoffs there. So he's riding some good golf. Um, not sure if he's going to win twice in three weeks, but he's a good, good pick there. And then, uh, Adam Scott, uh, played fantastic over the weekend to, uh, he was not in the top 70 and got within that and 60 to one is probably a fair number. So yeah, maybe he's not going to win, but uh, you know, if you like him, something in a top ten, top twenty, you could definitely get him at plus odds. But great driver of the golf ball, uh, pretty good chipper. You know, his putting is streaky, so you just take the chance at that. Zach, 
Anybody, uh, anybody interested down the board there that you, you like from a betting standpoint, sir? Um, you know, uh, not, not with any real other, uh, other than just, I like Jordan Spieth. I mean, I, I feel like he's just around. I don't know if he'll ever get that driver swing that he's got going on figured out, but I mean, he's, he's sold in on it 100%. So, um, I, you know, I don't know that I'll put any money on it, but as I scroll through this, his name just keeps popping up at me. And, uh, I mean, it's 4,000 on, on him. So I don't know, it, it, like, like Johnny said, I think it's going to be tough to get outside that top 10, 20 people. Yeah. I, I, I think if you look at the history of, of the FedEx cup playoffs, it seems like traditionally it's, it's the guys that are, top players, top 20, top 30 in the world that, that actually win these events. Um, so this is probably more for top 10, top 20 markets. But um, Someone we've, I know Johnny and I are both fans of that we've talked about all season. Um, he's at 90 to one uh, to hit the gala. Um, he was around again last week. Um, he fits the profile of a really good driver. Uh, he gained almost three strokes off the tee last week. He gained, uh, nearly two strokes around the green for the week. I just think he's a really, really good player, and um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think he necessarily could win, but it, it wouldn't really shock me either if he just kind of came out of nowhere and won an event here late. Um, so I think ninety to one's got some value. Plus six hundred for top ten. I like him there. Um, you know, there's not anyone that I, I, I would talk about Davis Riley again, but I, I don't really know where he's at with this game. I do like the Adam Scott play that Johnny put out there. Uh, six, uh, 60 to one is a good number. Um, Taylor Pendrith is kind of fits the profile of someone that's long off the tee that's been playing reasonably well. He's also at 90 to one. Um, so just a couple names there. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll bring picks back this week and we'll actually put them out there. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, For the last couple of events. Or you can go back to the Sepp Straka training 200 to one. Um, Man, he should have won that tournament, I think. What do I do? And and he's just just a a weird kind of number here. Top 40 bet on Sepp Straka, who probably should have won. He's plus 110. I mean, that's plus money. It it, it almost feels automatic. Like... uh, uh, Sahith Sagala, I bet him a lot of times top 40, you know, I know that sometimes he's going to falter a little bit on Sundays, but he's so good. And it's, it's only a matter of time for him. And this and is you no can cut. Get him sometimes no cut. Huh? Right? And there's, an, this is no cut. Yeah. And these guys are going to be, you know, grinding out there to finish in that top 30. Cause that tour championship, the one that they're going to qualify for next, cause 40 guys are going to, going to be cut after Sunday, you know, from the tour championship. And that is just, you know, for PJ tour students, that's gigantic money. So this is a, this is a really significant event here. And that's why we usually see the cream rise to the top because they want to get in that top 30 and get that, uh, you know, get that tour championship to play East Lake. So, you know, you look at that and, and there's no cut. So these guys are going to freewheel it and, you know, you're going to see a lot of good scores and everything, but even look down the board like that in that top 30, top 40 range at some of these guys, even if they're a little bit plus money, maybe play a few more bets at some of these guys that we've mentioned. And uh, just to kind of, you know, what I call bankroll builders for, for football season, because we're all going to lose it all come football season. So right. might as well, you know, build a little bit here with the golf. So there's some yes. plus money options here that I like, and I might throw some of those 
on there as our best bets. Um, you know, they won't have great odds, but they'll have, you know, they'll, they'll be the double your money type. I like that strategy. I do. And, uh, Hey, no cut event. It's going to feel like a live event, except, uh, without the shotgun start <laughs> no, and no music, no music. And, um, hey, one of my favorite events to watch all year is that charity classic that they do, uh, like with Steph Curry and all those guys play. Sure. And they did it a couple weeks ago. I have more fun watching those goofballs play sometimes and watching the, 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 not the last couple of weeks, but the couple of weeks before that, where well, yeah. you were, I'm watching, I'm like, who that's are not, guys? that's not fair. You're picking, you're picking out the 3M open where it's like trash. Yeah, well, hey, give me something entertaining to watch, man. Hey, I'd rather watch, Steph, not, I, I'd rather watch Steph Curry than watch a little bit. I, I will say that. Hey, they, 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 everybody looks like they're having fun. I mean, I, I haven't watched the live event yet. So you're not I'm, missing I'm anything. Just, That's the cool just thing. Pi- just picture a Ryder Cup and it's not it. And picture it, it is seriously, it, it is seriously just you, you, it's just a bunch of golf shots, which is cool, but they mean fucking nothing. Uh, nothing. They don't mean a thing. Nothing. I'm so disappointed. Most that, that's most of my golf. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> like, did, I'm like, screw you, giant. <laughs> but you're 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 I'm not just, making a hundred million dollars. You're not, not yet, be. not yet at least. With this face and mustache, I should be. I'm so disappointed by Cam Smith. I'm so disappointed by it. I, is it has, is it 100 percent he's going? Oh yeah. This the guy who broke the news has been right every single time. So his, and, and, his, the, and the way he sidestepped the question, absolutely, hundred percent. I'm so disappointed in him. Yep. He's a Drew this week, and then he's going to play. He'll play in the play in East Lake, and then him and there's probably going to be. I bet you at least five others that are going to. Leash, I think Leishman. It could be Adam Scott. It could be a Team Australia situation. Sounds like. Um, Sometimes when you draw the line in the sand, man, the, you, some people just step over it because you drew it. You know, but I, I just, I think, what do you? Yeah, this is again. This will be another episode. I get talking about after after the tour championship, we're going to have to discuss it. Yeah, listen. If you if if you want to go for the money, I get it. But like, I I, at that point, you've kind of lost your 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 legacy in golf. Like, what are you playing golf for? You're not playing to win tournaments, right? You get. But you are. You we are. We are amateur golfers who love the sport. Sure, right? sure. So every time we step on, we are playing for the love of the game. Okay, absolutely. Yes, I know a ton of basketball players. Okay, that hate the game of basketball, but they get paid a buttload of money to lace them up and go play basketball. So you're you're looking at professional athletes here who get paid to play money or get paid to play, and it, it, like how many people really love their job? At the end of the day, right? I mean, I, you go find a lot of people, and they you love you do like, no, you but do. I get yeah, but I don't make no, <laughs> yeah, I don't make a million dollars, but and I'm I'm a blessed man, remember? So, um, but you see, I'm getting at here, like I know we we go after these people right now because you're talking, it's not worth it. They don't love the game anymore. I'm sure half of them, Brooks Kepka, you brought him up. He doesn't love playing golf, but he makes a buttload of money and has a hot wife. That's that's great. I'm just saying you've you've lost you've lost like your your place in the game though because like you you at this point you've decided I'm not playing I'm not playing meaningful golf anymore and once their major exemption some of these guys run out then you you there's no path for them to play meaningful look, golf anymore. 
look at Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, this guy markets himself and everything like that. You know, I think he does a great job of it too and, and everything. He's not even 30 years old. He took the money to go play in that. Essentially, he's never going to play in a PGA tournament again. He He's going to fade in the majors as he loses, loses the uh, world golf ranking points. And I mean, that dude's not even 30 years old and in probably yeah. in five years could be irrelevant, an irrelevant, rich son of a bitch who lives in Dallas, Texas. And you know what? He can go take a bath in his cash and that's fine. But what, what kills me is these guys, they just, they, they, you know, you want to, I would think you'd want to build your legacy as a, as an athlete, as a person. And that's how I would view it. Now I've never been offered that much money. So again, I'm like with Phil, I cannot, I can't blame these guys one bit for taking money. And that's what they want to do. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But is it worth just trashing your legacy as a person? Like Henrik Stenson, who's going to be the Ryder cup captain. There's not many of these people that ever walked the face of the earth. And he just took, you know, a big chunk of money there. Look at the playoff there at the uh, St. Jude Classic there. It was a sleeper of a tournament up until like three holes to go. Those last like three holes plus the three playoff holes are better than any live event that's ever going to be ever going to exist combined. I mean, you know, it's just stuff like that that just is just wild to me and Good on them for for being able to take vacations and set up, you know, for their kids, their grandkids, and everything like that. But I mean, Henrik Stenson's not going to be known as the Open Champion. He's going to be the guy who gave up his Ryder Cup captaincy to join the Live Golf Tour. I mean, Johnny, you never know how you're going to feel though when the four races. I mean, win three or four in a row of these Live events and they take down Team Majestics. I mean, you you might feel completely different. That's true. You never know. That's you never true. Know. Maybe you'll go. You you'll play next year under the flag of the team aces. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys, it's time to wrap it. Uh, Johnny Strauser, Zach Lear, thank you, gentlemen, for being on your best bet. I appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Uh, Fair. I thought you were going to say best behavior. That's no. not what you said at all. I, and I don't I don't need your best behavior, Zach. I just I, I need you. I need you to be you and you were, and I appreciate I that. Uh first show in a while, so check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple, our YouTube channel. As always, uh gotta throw some new shows and we're gonna start talking football uh at some point here in the next couple of weeks because football season is coming. So uh lots of look forward to coming up. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.